Welcome to Recipe Club, the podcast where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. Before we get into the show proper, just want to let you all know that people over on Discord are playing this Recipe Club game for realsies. Well, I don't think they're playing as more as just complaining. <laughs> there is, there have been some close this complaints. This recipe sucks. <laughs> They're they're voicing their opinion. They're making their opinions known. That's who's for, made what? Well, like what are some there were a few on here. I forget what the which users. Gabby, you have to send me these users. But three people have made every recipe so far this season and spun the wheel. I've got. Uh, I'm looking at a picture right now from user Ghee Butter Snaps, who spun and got keto for the grape jelly barbecue cocktail weenies dish, much like Mr. Chang. And Ghee Buttersnaps made a mortadella-style sausage. <laughs> Let's just get rid of the wheel. <laughs> With 30% fat, uh, one pound of mortadella had five grams of carbs. They use induya. Induya. Yeah. And a tablespoon of I rice vinegar. The, I bet they did. <laughs> instead, um, <clears throat> instead of barbecue sauce. And one tablespoon of apricot jam instead of grape jelly. Well... Are we still doing the intro? We haven't even introduced ourselves to Recipe Club. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hello. My name is Chris Ying. I'm joined, as always, by David Chang and today's special guest, Rachel Kong. Real professional, Chris. I know. I got so excited about these Discord pictures. But yeah. The more time I spend on Discord, the more I believe in the North Korean state. (laughs) (laughs) Just that it shouldn't exist. Democracy, overrated. (laughs) You think that you Uh, think the public needs. Uh, guardrails. I think before you can express an opinion, you need to do some some military service. You need to break some rocks. <laughs> you need some break some rocks in the in the outer regions of recipe clubdom. Uh, I'm looking at user J Dubs drew vegan for Sogan Dolma. They they cooked with meaty for the first time. Baby Bellas and cherry tomatoes. Anyway, all of this is over on the Discord. People are are, are playing along. Rachel, did you ever think that people would actually be spinning this wheel and playing this recreationally? I mean, it's it's shocking. It comes as a great shock to me. <laughs> and also, th- there's a there's a um, a rebellion brewing of Rachel fans. Yes. Oh yeah. I thought we were going to save this for much later, but it says here on my next part of the run sheet is to check in with Rachel. Rachel, have you been okay? How are you doing since our last uh, recipe <laughs> club meeting? Um, you know, just. In the depths of depression, really. <laughs> Walking through the valley of the shadow of death, as I do that's after fun, Recipe Club. It's a fun place to be. <laughs> it's a fun place to be. It's where, where Dave is. I was like, yeah, I just, I'm walking around seeing Dave. Just monuments of monuments to Dave Chang all over the valley of mm. death. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, Rachel, last time you were on here, we were doing the ground beef episode for which you drew pantry only and were trying to make these Sogan Dolma, these... Uh, Stuffed whole onions with ground beef and, and rice, and you were trying to make them completely using only shelf stable ingredients. This led I want to say I've only gotten pantry only with you guys. Oh, you've only That's gotten like, pantry only. That's I've right. only gotten pantry only. That's my only my only spin. Truly, the luckiest person. You think we should mess around with this format? Do you think we should add more things? Add more things, or, yeah. or do something? We'll do we'll do a little mid season quarter season revamp to the wheel. We'll get a. Uh, add some more restrictions to the wheel to prevent uh, Rachel from only getting pantry only and me getting lost. And to settle down. Wouldn't it be amazing if I just got pantry only forever? Just like the rest of 
I mean, my time be, on Recipe Club. You'll be well prepared for the apocalypse. What's been happening with you otherwise, Rachel? Eating anything good? Cooking anything cool? Uh, well, I just got this new cookbook from Andrea Wynn called Evergreen Vietnamese. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been seeing that. something from it last night. Caramel chicken mushroom thing. It was really good. So I recommend that book. The, uh, what do you stand on the... What do you stand on, like, the caramel fish sauce Vietnamese clay pot thing? It's delicious. It's, like, amazing, right? Yeah, it's so good. It would be it's really so cool if Andrea named her recipe that. <clears throat> what? Caramel chicken fish sauce thing. <laughs> She's Listen, too classy. Rachel's the writer, okay? Uh, Chang, what about you? Any any home cooking tales from the home kitchen? <sighs> no, I've been traveling a lot. I We did... Uh, we did an event in Napa called Bottle Rock and uh, did some just cooking, but not, it's clear I'm not home cooking like I used to home cook for three years at the pandemic. Yes, yes, but you're, you're glossing over, you made two remarkable home cooking <clears throat> discoveries while you were at this Bottle Rock. Yeah, no need to talk about it. <laughs> All right, we'll save it for another time. What? Uh, you can't start Chris just... Yeah, you, you, you can microwave from scratch a, a, a from scratch macaroni in about 12 minutes. Like not from the box. All in one pot. What do you, all, you mean no, just like The a, only thing you need is an uh, instrument to eat from. So you need any day bowl... And an instrument, spoon or fork to eat from. And that's all you need. But you do need macaroni. You need water. You need some salt. You need some cheese. And you need butter and flour and milk. Yeah. You need do you guys all remember the- reading that? Do you remember reading that article about like Amy Klobuchar eating salad with a fork? No. What did Amy Klobuchar do? She. She combs her hair. No. Like- she eats it with her comb. What? Oh yeah, with a, what did I say? With a fork? fork. Yeah. No, she she ate a she so <laughs> she ate a salad with her comb. Yeah, she didn't she have utensils. Her comb. Yeah, she didn't have utensils like a plastic disposal, so she used a comb. I say that's genius. What is a comb? I, what is a comb but a fork for your hair? Well, I I think it's it's sort of I guess the Little Mermaid does that in reverse, right? So it makes some sense. Now it's clear that Krobuchar totally it... doesn't know how to use chopsticks because she would have used two pens. That's the change. Yeah, right I was gonna say recently Fool. I was in a hotel room without <laughs> any implements, any eating implements, and I uh, used two coffee stirrers for yeah, chopsticks. Well done. Or you could eat uh, in a hot hotel room like Chris Yang, naked, <laughs> on a bed. But what does that mean? Resting what a rotisserie chicken on your belly and eating it that way okay. using well, your belly as a plate yeah chicken then, is a perfect food <clears throat> for the secret to his nude, beautiful skin is rubbing chicken fat schmaltz all over his body it's disgusting it and vile to think about itself. but it's true <laughs> Christian's skin speaks for itself so i will be trying that <laughs> but it is myself. a true story he ate a chicken shirtless on a, on a bed in a hotel <clears throat> I think that's beautiful. Chris, don't be The fact that you didn't have, know that, now you know, and you know, you I can go have, on with your life. I mean, this is the same thing. Was that this I, weekend? I peed on my own car. <laughs> yeah, he peed on his own car to mark his territory. Things are, things are rough. Things are rough over here, Rachel. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that. None of that is, none of that is false. Every single piece of that is true. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, I'm a Delta flyer. I'm a, a Delta passenger, and I'm listening to this right now, and I'm like, 
excuse me, attended <laughs> this uh, this episode of Recipe Club is vulgar. <clears throat> excuse me. How can uh, I get off this flight? Could yes. you crash this plane? Um, <laughs> the, none of this is work. We're not here to rehash the past and my naked chicken escapades. We're here to talk about cooking. With that with... joke, you just made the blacklist no fly zone on the FAA. Congratulations. I thought about that, thought about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even you can't you can talk about plain okay we're, we're over this we're <laughs> good we God. just lost sponsors <laughs> we are here to talk about cooking this isn't mcsweeney's christian we need an audience <laughs> oh that is the sickest burn <laughs> if dave eggers is listening yeah. I'm sorry dave eggers the king of publishing Really beautiful books for three people. Dave Eggers, maybe, maybe <laughs> the wow. last. Rachel, do you agree or disagree? Dave Eggers, maybe the last person on this planet who is listening to this podcast right yes, now. Yes, I agree. There's no danger of Dave listening. Um, maybe if he's just if he's just happening to be on a Delta flight and all the other channels are broken, mm-hmm. maybe that's that. Then maybe he's listening, he's listening to Recipe to Club. Uh, yeah. Well. Delta listeners, you're here to to listen to us today talk about cooking with tinned fish, meaning any any sort of conservas, any sort of things that come out of the the old metal metal cylinder. If you Google tinned fish recipes, you get about six million results. Most of them are just how to crack open a tin of fish, put it on a little fancy tray, and serve it with some crackers. There's not a lot. There's not a ton of cooking with tinned fish. Our, uh, our resident young person, Gabby, says that she has been seeing a big boom starting last summer on TikTok involving tin fish, uh, tin fish date nights. She, she has made the, the sociological observation that it's a recession indicator, the, the boom of tin fish. But uh, Chang, can you talk about the upper and lower limits of tin fish as a genre? Well... <clears throat> This has been a movement, like Filipino food, 25 years in the making. This has been on no fewer than every single uh, trend list for the last 20 years. You know, what, what do they say? Clock strikes, clocks right, right twice time, twice a day? Bullshit. <laughs> fool me once. Yeah. Fool me, can't fool me, fool me, can't. <laughs> Some, something. <laughs> Even a broken clock is right yeah. twice a day. And... That, that that pretty much sums it up. If you keep on predicting things that it's going to be a thing, then it's a thing. And uh, it's crazy how many people in food for years have said, I don't know why people don't talk about tin food more. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Even the, the, the Spanish movement couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then the Spanish restaurant based in Denmark couldn't do it. <clears throat> And uh, everybody loves tin food. It's delicious. Anchovies, olives, you name it. But I feel like for America, the only tin food that people really associate with is water canned tuna, which is gross, and dog food and cat food. But for the most part, uh, tin food, with the exception of free- the freezer, is the best way to preserve food and without losing any deliciousness, right? It certainly changes its characteristic. Again, can be extremely delicious. And the reason I make fun of the food media is because they have proclaimed this almost every year I've been cooking professionally, that <laughs> it's going to be a thing. Right. But so, Rachel, have you experienced the, the sort Same of- Same with Filipino food. 
It's Filipino food. It's Filipino food's year. This is the year. <laughs> but Rachel, have you ex- you've experienced the the tinned seafood of like the the one that everyone every food writer has visited Spain or Portugal or whatever and, and had this right? Have you have you had have you had experience sure. with like the the heights of it? Can you talk about that? Yeah, and it's amazing. I mean, I went to Portugal a couple years ago, last year. I don't know when, but um, had so many different kinds of tin fish. It was so good. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Dave. Like, it's always um, people are always trying to like make it happen. Arguably, it has happened. <laughs> Gabby's said that it happened. I mean, I think that it's like just a classic food. It doesn't need to be trendy. It just is good. Like, it's like a <laughs> Like a pair of jeans or something. Well, it's not something that needs to be talked about. I, I, I think credit should be given to Momofuku Chili Crunch. No, I'm not just organically plugging this. Well, there's nothing organic about that, but go ahead. It is. Yeah, what? <laughs> because one of the viral trends is taking canned mussels and uh, wearing a lot of uh, uh, like like you're you're about to go on a TV stage, even though you're a kitchen. A lot of makeup and a beautiful outfit, and then drizzling chili crunch in the can of mussels and then that's your that's, that's the your canned fish date night of, yeah. of which our young people speak. and uh yeah p- people really love that mm. and i think the whole movement much like the the assassination of the archduke ferdinand was started by momofuku's <laughs> chili crunch so yeah i guess in a weird way in a not narcissistic megalomaniac way i take full credit for the tin fish movement <laughs> But not not in a megalomaniacal way. <laughs> no, not based on fact. Not it's not if it's based on fact. <laughs> if the world does revolve around me, then it's not megalomaniacal. <laughs> it's just a fact. Is there something? Okay, so I've never, I've actually never been to Spain or Portugal. I've never, you've I've, never been. I've never what? been. I'm what? a total poser. I've, wow. never, I've never experienced this. recipe club. I know. Trip. It's like, it's really, it's, this is the hugest hole in Bro, my sort of eating experience. Juliet and jo- Dave Jacoby <laughs> got flown out on an all expense paid trip <laughs> to Spain. Wow. I know. And oh, you, I they did. Yeah. And they were having high tea and I was just, I'm so sad. No, it's, it's we embarrassing. It's one of those and, things where we do like a tour of like, you know, all like recipe club, Food tours. Go to Spain and Portugal. Eat tinned fish. We lead us go to a seaweed farm. Tours. Well, <laughs> it's because you know why United sponsored them. I was going to say them. I would, we're all we're Delta all the way. What about I Delta? Mean, we've only mentioned Delta every episode. At some point, it's got to pay <laughs> off here. At some point, Tim, the CMO, always tells me he listens to our podcast. So Tim, are we sponsored are you by really Delta listening? Airline? I mean, are or you like really? Delta, He's a one of. Like I love Tim. Del- Tim is the Delta. CMO. Are you really going to let United out sponsor you? Um, but so let, let me let me back up. Is there something about you said canning and tinning food in general is second, maybe only to the freezer in terms of preserving food? But is there but something? It also changes when you. This is what my question. When is. you tin something, you are almost pasteurizing it because you, you almost have no choice. Um, it the, the quality the the the. The flavor of it, I will never say that word with another word that will never be used together, ever. The I, flavor of it one changes. Time, Rachel, one time I said flavor profile, and he'll never let me live it down that I said flavor profile and not just flavor, but it's fine. I'm going to go drink chai tea. <laughs> okay, it changes. The flavor changes through it, the it, it, And process. it becomes something else. And... I don't know. And I, I just feel the reason why most Americans abhor the idea of eating any, canned anything 
is because of tuna fish hmm. and tuna fish that's packed in water. Here's the reality. I used to eat a lot of canned tuna when I lived in Korea and Japan because it was like a cheap source of getting some kind of protein. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have refrigeration, it's an amazing thing. True story. Like you just eat that with some rice. It's delicious. The one thing you never see, and I would say most of Asia, Japan, Korea, China, has great tin things. I grew up eating canned mackerel a lot. You never see it not in a flavorful environment. Mm. Either something spicy, something soy-based, or olive oil-based. In America, you never see in spring water. I think the rest of the world would also hate the idea of tin foods if we had to eat tuna or anything packed in spring water. <laughs> it's gross. That is straight gross. It doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Because that's a, that's a marketing term on every single can of tuna is packed in spring, spring water. You know why it's spring water? Because they pack it in the spring months. <laughs> it's a seasonal water. No, they just happen to pack it in April. And that's why it's spring. We're water. not lying. Yeah. It's technically spring and it is water. Yeah. But it's, it's right. Like you don't go and you, you don't buy your your, your meat in, in just a, a tub of water. Well, Vienna sausages. Yes, Vienna sausages do Vienna come in, sausages. in their own in their own uh, plasm. Which again, this sounds like an opportunity gross. for Momofuku. You could do tuna and winter water. We, we don't need to make anything tin because again, we're the reason people put it on their tin food to begin with. Does um in in your both of your experience eating tin fish have you eaten uh, like do you think age plays a role in this? Vintages, so so ostensibly, if I if I pack the sardines or anchovies or octopus or, or squid from a certain season, it might be better than the next year or the year after that or whatever. But does the aging process also matter? I think there's a shelf life for sure, and botulism is a thing that people talk about. But I think there's like there hasn't been a death in botulism in the lower forty eight states in like thirty years, <laughs> like really. <laughs> um, so, no, I do think there's a shelf life for sure. But, I mean, the cans that are in your pantry right now that are that are there, right? The only time people even cleared that shit out was, like, May of 2020, <laughs> right? It's the first time I ever took a look at it. <laughs> but, you know, I look at my pantry. There's things that I see, and I'm like, I'm never going to use those. But if, if you were sitting in – if you were sitting in a uh, Tabath – Pinchoth bar in, in <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> and they said, Oh, we have one can left of the 2021 yeah. octopus. Would you, would that mean something to you? Would you guys feel that the. If it's good, if I see a brand, yeah. But the year, does the year no, mean anything? No, it doesn't to you matter. Okay. It doesn't matter at all. There's a, you know, 10 years ago, a restaurant called The Continental in Sydney, Australia mm -hmm. opened up and it was all tin fish. I remember that. Um, so, no, I, I think that if you have great tin fish, mussels, clams, they're, they're really good. Oh, you know, sure. Spain and Portu the Portuguese really do make amazing things. Um, and the problem is, I think one of the main issues for its wide acceptance, right, the higher tier of, of tinned items, is it's too expensive. Mm. You know, like... You can't make something delicious if you're buying crappy product, even if it is tinned and canned. So when some of the most delicious products are coming from the best-in-class seafood mm -hmm. and 
you know, it can be really expensive. I mean, it reminds me a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of of ramen's trajectory in America, where it was just this super super lowbrow commodity food, and explaining the idea of you know its origins, what it could be, the ceiling on it being much higher than just this this commodity marchan styrofoam thing, is a little bit of the uphill battle I think it faces, but. More than that, so I remember going. To, I remember going to the Continental in Australia in Sydney, and and thinking, this is crazy because they're just putting everything into cans, and they're they were super busy and turning it over, so they're basically canning it one day and then opening the can the next day. And I was like, this is kind of like a little counterintuitive, but it's hard because you don't have the infrastructure of, you know, this is why it hasn't caught on in America. There's not an, a, a system by which people are catching the best product, tinning it in delicious liquid, and then holding on to it. One of the, I can't remember many years ago, I think maybe it was Sambar. It was one of those days where there were many days we would put something on the menu never to have it back. Like that would happen all the time. There was this can of Spanish baby clams. And when you open it up, it looked like, like a sunflower, right? Mm. It was perfectly aligned and it was expensive. There were like, you know, I think we sold it for like 18 bucks, 19 bucks. Cause it was like six, six, seven bucks. We served it with butter, bread. We didn't we didn't sell one order because hmm. people saw it and were like, well, that's why would I want canned clams? Mm-hmm. It's gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they're dumb. <laughs> and I ate all of it. <laughs> so I'm glad that people are open to tin things. I will say that I'm not the biggest fan of most tin mussels. Uh even Patagonia. Listen, I love Patagonia, but I do not love their tin provisions. Mm, well, none of them. I, I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan. I've had one or two. I can't. Remember. I've had a few few that were clunkers too. But I've had one or two that were okay. Uh, Rachel, how often are you cooking with tinned fish at home, if ever? I think it. I also. I just wanted to answer your question from a long time ago, which is I mean, <laughs> Harold McGee. I know has a tinned fish collection, and he ages them, and you know has saved cans of sardines for over a decade, Whoa. well past their expiration date, and he thinks that makes them better. And but also that cheese, genius, right? There's like so. a canned cheese that he also, I think, is a huge fan of from some yeah. uh, somewhere in America. The McGiz. Anyway, yeah. McGiz, we haven't talked to the McGiz oh, in a man, while. Yeah, we should get him on. Can I just quick yeah. aside for Harold McGee, the one of the great, great food minds, just general smart person, mm-hmm. great writer. We were drinking one time, and... Rachel, could you imagine drinking with Harold McGee to the point where he talks about him in the third person? <laughs> and it was funny because he's like, oh, man, the McGee's. No, he the McGee's. Yes, he did. Wait, Rachel. Harold McGee referred to himself in the third person as the McGee's. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. That's I love insane. it. Uh he is like, you know, yeah. but he's like a cerebral, very kind, very generous person. Pretty soft-spoken, but I think he, he's a good hang. He likes Dude, he's to, the best hang. He has a good hang. I've also hung with him in, in a few drinks in. <laughs> he, the likes to, he, likes to, he likes to get down. Oh, we got to get the McGiz on. Uh, so thank <laughs> you for answering that old question. Yes. What about the new yes. question? <laughs> uh, the new question, yeah. I mean, it depends kind of on where I am. Like if I'm in a cabin in the woods, then I'm cooking with tin fish a lot because I'm cooking from the pantry. I think – more often, um, I'll just open a can and like eat it on top of rice 
or something, usually sardines. I also am a big fan of smoked oysters, mm-hmm. Crown Prince brand smoked oysters. That's my hot sauce receptacle. Um, but yeah, it's usually like sardines over rice, some kind of sardine or tuna pasta, like a pasta puttanesca kind of thing, or, you know, call back to season one canned tuna episode i mm-hmm. will throw it into something like a kimchi stew or something like that like some kind of stew oh my god i forgot about that so there was like a there was a tuna rice there was a kimchi stew and then maybe it was oh, yeah. dave's own recipe for pasta salad or something was the third one uh yeah, go back yeah, and listen yeah. to season one for or that. the sauce back the when sauce. we had to make all yeah. three of them but okay so we we put the call out for people to send us their tinned fish recipes we got a canned sardines and spicy tomato sauce ka hop recipe we had a grandmother's banya cauda something called jansen's temptation <laughs> and ruth lee's friends tuna salad uh and a sardine dip sorry i missed one uh but rachel you chose something else why did you go with bill pierce's spaghetti with sardines over all others Well, I have to say I was really excited by all of the submissions. I think that they should be made available somehow to Recipe Club listeners because they all sounded amazing. Like that Vietnamese tomato sauce one sounded really good. Janssen's Temptation sounded amazing, but I knew that we were just going to totally fuck it up. And I didn't want to do that to uh, the recipe submitter who seemed very specific about the kind of anchovy we were to use, um, the Swedish anchovy. So I didn't want to pick those and totally mess them up. Um, I chose this recipe because it just sounded like something I wanted to eat. That has been my strategy this whole time that you guys somehow. We somehow <laughs> sussed out your very secret strategy of picking ingredients and recipes that, that you I want actually to eat. want to eat. I mean, <laughs> it's so wild of me, but I just wanted to pick things that I wanted to eat. And so this sounded really good to me. It sounded like a really um, adaptable recipe. I guess we'll see how adaptable it really was, but um yeah, it sounded it sounded pretty good. I like pasta puttanesca. I like tinned fish and and dried pasta, and um, and I knew that it would probably be delicious. I also was very intrigued by his herb combination. There's like tarragon and mint in this recipe, which is just not a combination I ever think to put into like a pasta mm-hmm. fish type of recipe. And I was I like, I just want to know. Tarragon's on there, man. Mint, dried mint, yeah, and tarragon, and tarragon. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a wild wild combination of uh, of of ingredients. Before we get into before we get into the recipe, really quick, I want to do this. I'm looking at Janssen's Temptation, a recipe that I, I admit I didn't actually look at when I was uh, when you when you saw these, uh, Rachel. Mm-hmm. It's a Swedish recipe, obviously for some kind of Christmas recipe. It's a Christmas, yeah. Involving a very specific Grebestad's anchovies. Dave, yes. I'll give you 20 bucks if you can spell how the Swedish people spell anchovies. No. <laughs> Won't even entertain it. Anchovies. He rejects your mind. A-N-S-J-O-V-I-S. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Um, yes, yeah, so the recipe in question we chose was not uh, Janssen's Temptation, unfortunately. It was not unfortunately. It's, it's great. We chose spaghetti with sardines from Bill Pierce who says, this is my first time trying to write a recipe. Thank you, Bill, for 
for braving the recipe writing arts for us. As a single person living alone in Brooklyn, I make a lot of pasta and made even more during the pandemic. This has become one of my go-tos, and I make variations of this at least once a week. It's not based on any single Italian dish, but it is indebted to many. This serves two. Two? Good Lord. Uh, <clears throat> so you take cherry tomatoes, garlic cloves, anchovy fillets. Basically, you are um, cooking a, a sauce of just you know, burst cherry tomatoes with garlic and anchovy and shallot, dried mint, chili flakes, uh, and then canned sardines and olive oil. To that, you add a little fresh tarragon and then just toss that all with spaghetti or bucatini and capers and a little uh, white wine or white or apple vinegar, uh, Bill says. So that is the the original recipe as written, and you will see us doing that in the Recipe Club TV video version. But none of us drew... That with the wheel of death. We all had our own little restrictions on how we were supposed to approach Bill's recipe. Uh, And Rachel, as she said earlier, drew pantry only. So Rachel's assignment with this recipe was to make it using only shelf-stable ingredients. Uh, Dave was supposed to make this spaghetti with sardines keto. And I got vegan. So each of these, this is this is like I think this is the first week where each of these posts, you know, a pretty well matched and even amount of challenge. I think everyone, this was a no, challenge. No, I think mine for was everybody. easy. Oh, mine was Rachel's easy. Rachel's. Wait, what is what? Oh, the only thing in oh, Rachel's. Oh yeah, this, it, it is pantry anyway. The whole thing for the most part. Oh, Rachel's yours is super get, easy. Never mind. She can get dried herbs. <clears throat> There's nothing fresh she needs. Tomatoes potentially, but she could use sun dried or just canned. Can. <laughs> I'm going to talk about how I did it. Oh, this is the worst, Rachel. Um, all right, so let's go into how we each did it. Let's start with Rachel, obviously, because yours is probably the closest to the original, and also uh, it's your it's your week. Yeah, so I got Pantry, which, again, I was kind of annoyed by, but then very quickly thought, whatever, this is actually the perfect spin for this recipe because it's a Pantry recipe, essentially, already. Um I went to the store. I was feeling kind of bitter that I got zero points for eating canned ground beef, which is disgusting. Um, So I picked out some really luxurious ingredients. I got some. (laughs) Just um, to stick it to us. (laughs) I got some dry farmed canned tomatoes that were from a local California farm. It's like $10 for just a little jar. Um, I got some. Fishwife anchovies, which were so good that um, this, I mean, you know, fish, I feel like there's all these new brands of like tinned mm-hmm. fish that are really amazing. And Fishwife is one of them. And so those anchovies were super good. I just ate a bunch of them actually just like straight out of the can. Um, Jose Gourmet sardines. Delightful. <laughs> I got some dried uh, bucatini that comes in like the nice brown paper. I feel like Rachel's like a minor league baseball team just with sponsors all over the outfield wall. Just <laughs> just behind her is just Fishwife and Janssen's She could have uh, saved money and, you know, from the last podcast we did and seen a therapist <laughs> about the trauma she's experiencing. So for getting a zero for not following or instructions. Or just hiring, hiring a hitman. Really. <laughs> Wait, so you got, sorry, you got nice bucatini. Continue. Yeah, I got nice bucatini. Um, I, and then at home I had, you know, like dried onion powder, dried garlic powder. I had dried 
herbs. And you had um, frozen, uh, <laughs> frozen, frozen onion, onion rings. rings. Chop those up. Yeah, uh, good God. Onion good rings. God. Uh, okay, so in place of fresh herbs, you had dried. And in place of yeah. shallot and garlic, you had uh, powders. Right. I had powders. It was an all powder canned meal thing. So I just did it pretty much exactly as, as written, you know, like I, and I used the oil from the anchovy tin because I was nervous that you guys would be like, olive oil's not shelf stable. <laughs> stupid. That's a perfect impression. Yeah. You. Olive oil's not shelf stable. It so puts I just the olive oil some, in the basket. <laughs> some oil from the anchovies sauteed the, um, I mean, just like kind of pushed around the powders <laughs> and then I put in the tomatoes. I didn't use anything like vinegar or whatever the extras were. I just didn't add any of those, but it was still really delicious. Um, the tomatoes were so good. I mean, again, they were expensive, good tomatoes. So I didn't feel like I needed to add anything to like sweeten it up or anything like that. And, um, yeah, I don't even know what to say about it because I just, it was good. You know, I did it exactly as written pretty much aside from just the the powdered things instead of the fresh ones. And the pasta was um, really solid. And I think I would make it again, honestly, with um, things that are more hydrated, like garlic and shallots. I think that would make it even better. And I think the cherry tomatoes would make it delicious. So it's, uh, I mean, this, uh, now that I, now that I look at it and, and I, I retract what I said earlier, this is sort of an ideal pantry only recipe. It's basically yeah. some version of a puttanesca, right? Yeah. Is yeah. what this is. But I think that what you just described, like this is, this is totally a vacation rental yeah, pasta. Exactly. You can make this using almost entirely things that you find already in the shelves of a vacation rental. I think we should come up with a name. You know how every... Every Italian pasta is named, you know, like carbonara in the style of the coal miner and, you know, amatriciana and... A la Airbnb. Cacci, yeah, exactly. I think this should be spaghetti a la yeah. Airbnb. You think about a better oh, one I as thought, we go through, Rachel. Yeah, I like the um, the mint and tarragon, actually. I thought it was really good. I would do that again. I was kind of, I, was I mean, very, I was like a little stunned. I was very hesitant <laughs> about that. I was too, but I think it it worked out for me. Mr. Chang, how'd you make a keto version of this? Um, well, I made sure that those Discord complainers would have nothing to complain about. Number one, let's just let's just pretend it doesn't exist for the rest <clears throat> of this one. Let's talk about so what you. My did. main just, goal was winning. Did you do and some making keto sure. offense in the past? They said because I used grapes, even though it was under 20 milligrams of sugar, was fucking 20 grams was, you know, non-keto. <laughs> and there's so many people that said, keto sucks. <laughs> Just do low carb. <clears throat> anyway. Um, yeah, I had keto. I think the hardest thing right off the bat was the pasta. And you couldn't really use lentil pasta or chickpea pasta, et cetera, because that's not keto friendly. Or I'm sure maybe there is, but I did not find one. <clears throat> um, so I thought, all right, when I looked at the ingredients, and for whatever reason, I use, I, I, I totally miss, I just read the recipe again, tar tarragon, and now you can see why I was a bad student. I only saw parsley. 
or use parsley. It says tarragon or parsley right. ornament. Yeah. And I literally didn't see tarragon <laughs> at all. I, it's it's like part, an optical illusion. Is part of that, well, you, you, you could talk about it. Is part of that just, I mean, are you, do you like tarragon? In Bernays. In Bernays only, though. Yeah, it's too much of a strong anise flavor for things. I feel that, too. Things. I think the tarragon, to I me. I chicken salad. Yeah, potentially, sometimes. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I don't know why I'm thinking about it. It's the most bullshit name ever for a chicken salad. Coronation. Coronation chicken salad. Coronation. Yeah. What a great that name for a yeah. terrible dish. Again, leave it to the British to fucking write that up. And they're al- aluminium. Profiling today. <clears throat> um, national profiling is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's English people of all races. <laughs> so anyway, I have funny enough. Ever since I got my heart checked out, and I'm trying to be cleaner, healthier, and I have to eat better. Uh, better uh, fats, olive oil, Mediterranean diet stuff. I have a lot of sardines and I have a lot of tinned mackerel. I, I, I did not use tinned uh, sardines because I hate, I've had so much tinned sardines the past three months. I, I, I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> I'm, Why? I, I would rather defend, uh, what is it, defenestration? I'd rather throw myself out a high window Look at you, yeah. defenestration. Yeah, yeah then, wow. then, But also, why? Why have you been eating so much? Because it's healthy. Sardines? It's good for you. What is and it? It's like oh, high, uh-huh. high uh, good uh, cholesterol. H- good cholesterol. Omega-3s. Omega-3s. Yeah. Um, and like, that's just a simple thing. And I've had that almost every, and that's just like what I would eat with maybe, you know, that's it sometimes, or put some chili crunch or whatever. And like, I've been saving the mackerel because like, for whatever reason, it's been hard to find Olive oil packed organic mackerel. Hmm. Now I have a bunch. So I'm taking like a six month sabbatical from tin sardines. I refuse to look at it, open up a tin. That's out of the question. Tin mackerel on the hand is still delicious to me. So I decided to do that. And like, I, I don't know. That's just where I'm at, just being very honest. So I, I made the recipe pretty much as is. I did add basil, I had parsley, cherry tomatoes. So I sauteed off um, uh, red onions, and I added the the rest of the you know ingredients, the, the tomatoes, the herbs. Um, I used lemon juice instead of white wine because I wasn't sure if that was uh, even keto. Uh-huh. So I used lemon juice, like just a spritz, because I, I wanted to be, you know. Caesar's wife must be above reproach. Yes. Yeah, I got you. And uh, <clears throat> the mackerel. Tasted great. I also, because of the the salt content, uh, and I didn't want to, I didn't have any anchovies. I knew from the get-go I wasn't going to use tinned anchovies because I was going to use Red Boat fish sauce, which is anchovies anyway, right? So it's just the distillation of it. So I probably put a tablespoon of that in there as my my salt, uh, black pepper, um, and that was my sauce. I set that aside. Really tasty, actually. That, that alone is something I would eat on rice. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, now for the pasta part. What do you guys think I did? Zucchini noodles. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Zoodles. You did zoodles. I did. But I hand. I hand cut them. You made. Oh. <laughs> like, How like, sweet. Like a, like a like a Chinese noodle dancer. <laughs> yeah, I, I hand cut. Hand I hand cut strings because they sell them <laughs> as frozen. Like and like I just didn't want to buy it. And there's other <laughs> kinds of shredded noodles 
that you can use at this buy uh-huh. at the supermarket. No, you know, I, I just not. And I wasn't going to buy a Benriner to the spiral thing to do that. So I just took a mandolin and I sliced off the four corners and I made a bunch of sheets of yellow squash and zucchini and I thinly sliced them into long strips. Um, and I also used something that does look like a noodle, enoki mushrooms. Mm. And I Ooh, separated those smart. individually and I sauteed those in the two garlic cloves that I'd asked in olive oil. Not too hard. So it was a quick saute. Um, if I had to do it over again, I'd probably saute the mushrooms first because that took a little bit more time than the zucchini. And I think that you need to, if you do this route, you need to do it so it's like 30 seconds tops. The, it, it needs to have crunch. It needs to have texture. Um, and I put that down in a plate and bed and then I put the the tomato, mackerel, parsley, basil mixture on mm-hmm. top. Tasty. Very, Sounds very good. delicious. Mm. And it's the kind of shit where I was eating this, and I think I even say this at camera, I'm like, oh, this is what I have to eat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what people do when they have nothing, like they have no choice and they're forced on things. They have to like make something. Of course, would I rather eat this with pasta or rice? One thousand percent. Would I, like- I, I it doesn't bring me any joy. It's a real Pyrrhic victory type of feeling, right. hollow as fuck. But I was like, oh, this is the closest it will get me to, right. you know, it. it's like the worst kind of based on a true story. It was mm-hmm. infuriating, actually. <laughs> it's the, like, so the emotional journey is, hey, that's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty good for a, a keto meal. I'm pretty happy with that. And then, oh, I have to eat this all the time. <laughs> yeah, down to me, I was like, oh, this is the kind of cooking I have to do all the time. But I think Not just it, keto, but like it was so healthy. Yeah, um, I really was struck at the the epiphany I had of oh fuck, <laughs> all my meals have to be like this. <laughs> I think what you said is 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 spot on about the like zucchini or or any sort of quote unquote vegetable noodle though. I think if people want to cook them, and I've had people cook them where you 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 think there's going to be a point where the vegetables cooked into a noodle like texture, and that does not exist. It, it's either. Okay. A little crunchy, which is correct, or it's mush. And, you know, I think one of the things that is popular is konyaku, which is shirataki, mm-hmm. which they turn konyaku into shirataki, which you see in a lot of nabes in j- Japanese cuisine. Let me, no, that's not a fucking noodle. That's disgusting. I would, yeah, to, to, I like, you know, shirataki in certain contexts. If it's in, in sukiyaki or something like that, I'll eat it. But as a noodle replacement, a pasta replacement, never, 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 <laughs> never, never. I think a lot of the kelp noodles that are deemed, they don't say they're keto-friendly, actually, mm. because they're not, because they have wheat in them. Mm. To, unless you're actually just eating, you know, kelp sliced, <laughs> which I know because a kelp farmer tried to get me to put it on the menu, and I was like, no, I can't. No. I can't do it. I want to support the world. <laughs> But I can't do this. <laughs> I want to help the world, but I can't inflict this upon them. Yeah. So that well, was my keto that, like, recipe. The vet, like vegetable noodles, they're always like a little slimy, right? There's like some slime <clears throat> that then needs to be paired with a kind of slimy sauce. And so that's, I think, where it's like a little bit 
Like you keep eating more, wishing that you had just like a, a real noodle. That it would turn into right? a noodle eventually, right? Yeah, like yeah. a starchy thing. Like I think the one like only, a different category. Only thing that could have possibly have worked if I uh, cassava root might have worked, mm. um, yucca, you know that. But the one thing that I've ever I have had, and I know that you've had it as well. Um, and if we were in an area where hearts of palm grew abundantly mm. outside of say Hawaii, right? Um, <clears throat> if you thinly slice that into sheets, you can turn those into very long spaghetti-like noodles. Uh, Alex Atala at Dom, that's one of his courses. It's like just picked hearts of palm. And when you have it like that, it's so delicious in and of itself. And he just does a Alfredo sauce with them and they are so good. Yeah. You literally, it's not about not thinking that they're noodles. Uh, they're, they're actually hearts of palm. You're not even thinking that even though it looks like pasta, you know, that it isn't pasta, but it's not trying to recreate it. You just want something that's delicious. And that's what it was like. And if I had to eat that all the time, great. But <laughs> I, I don't have to close my eyes thinking like, Oh God, I gotta eat this shit all the time. Yeah. Like I did. You know, with this dish. <laughs> that's, yeah, the hearts of palm pasta at, at Dom is, is yeah, that's transcendent. But that's, that's a whole different. And I wasn't going to get hearts of palm, yeah. you know. Honestly, if we had Lux, that's probably what I would have done. Found fresh heart of palm. But even with Lux, as you'll find with some episodes coming up, I'm deciding not to get all the mail order shit. Mm-hmm. Because it's just not applicable. People say, oh, we're not doing anything for the home cook. Fuck you. We definitely are. <laughs> we're trying really hard to do stuff for <laughs> yeah. the home cook. Um that's great. I uh, <laughs> I recently, Jamie's been doing the the keto like twice a day or twice a day, twice a week. She's been doing kind of a low carb day. days, and I'm trying trying to cook for her. She came home the other day with this big farmers market pack of spiral cut beet noodles. And I was just so so upset, so upset that I had to know. I knew for a fact she wasn't going to cook them, so I had to figure them out. But it's it's the vegetable thing. I think exactly like it, just to reemphasize. They're not noodles, and they never will be. You have to treat them differently. They're only noodles in appearance. It's just a crunchy vegetable. Um, There's not – I want to find the people that taste vegetable noodles and proclaim this is better than a wheat noodle. I want to find those people and then ship them away to another country. I mean, country. they definitely <laughs> – they definitely exist, but they're definitely wrong. Uh, well, it's like if if a wheat noodle is gonna like kill you or really fuck up your digestive system, then which probably it does. that person. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm positive. Person. I'm gluten intolerant. Nothing will stop me. <laughs> but that even if Take that's the case, test. even if that's the case, don't s- pretend that it's better than the wheat. Oh noodle. yeah, sure. If sure, it's gonna kill yeah. you, sure. Yeah. Uh, so like I got- Dave's heart was probably so happy that yeah. you ate that meal, Dave. I know. I so know. for your heart, you got heart keep... happy head sad. <laughs> I mean, I totally like, honestly. There were so many images that popped in my head as I was recording myself eating this. I was like, I could totally see myself as a social media influencer. That was like one of those gym bros. This is what I pack up when I plan out my meals. Follow me as I get ready yeah. for my day. Yeah. First, first thing in the morning, I make myself a heart healthy <laughs> keto pudinesca. Yeah. Oh, so sad. <laughs> Uh, then I put on my gym outfit. These tiny shorts. <laughs> <laughs> These tiny shorts didn't fit a month ago, but now they do. Uh, so I got vegan. 
which was oh my god, which posed a problem with the anchovies and the sardines that are the featured ingredients in this tinned fish episode. Um, <laughs> I remember we we spun the wheel in the last episode. Rachel's on. I hit vegan on this tinned fish thing. We got in the car. Chang and I were driving back to the office, and he was like, "Oh, you're so screwed." And I I thought. We haven't talked about this yet, Chang. I was like, dude, I, just, I have a great idea. I have an amazing idea for what I'm going to do here. And you looked at me and you were like, you're going to crumble goldfish crackers on top of it? I was like, <laughs> yes, 100%. It didn't, Chang, it did not dawn on me until yesterday that goldfish crackers are made of cheese. <laughs> Which is not a vegan ingredient at all. I had this plan. I was just like, I was going to phone that it in. That was really the- your plan? Yes, legitimately. And he arrived at the exact same thing. Well, because you know what? That's just what Andy Warhol would have done. <laughs> little fish, wow. little cute little fish. And uh, wow, I thought it was wow, going to be brilliant. Wow. Again, chalk it up to McSweeney's mind. <laughs> That's exactly what a book would be like from McSweeney's where no one would me. buy. So I, um, after, I, after that episode, I Googled vegan canned fish and it exists they're I, like I googled, I all googled of these companies like, yeah i just i didn't want to with vegan i, I kind of wanted to steer clear this is the first time i got vegan this you know i don't cook vegan at home very much at all and i wanted to see you know what, what i could do i didn't want to just sort of fall back on vegan substitutes for everything and just see what happened um I don't know if I did any better, but I, I will say one one interesting thing about this wheel for me has been I got keto for another thing that I went shopping for the other night when I got the the stuffing, which I've yet to make, and I got vegan for this. It is bringing me to aisles and sections of the grocery store I have never looked at in my life. You're like a a white person that's going to the <laughs> ethnic aisle for the first time. I'm 100%. <laughs> I'm 100% like a white. They're all, they, they, only, they don't go themselves. They travel in couples. I've never seen soy sauce in a bottle before. I've only got it in Chinese takeaway. It comes in okay. bottles? By the way, the other day I was at a grocery store trying to find pickled jalapenos, and they were nowhere to be found in the pickled section of you know, oh, canned ethnic. pickled vegetables. And they're like, oh, it's with the Mexican stuff. I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, I know I pronounce things horribly, but I saw somebody that I uh, pronounce <laughs> sriracha as sriracha cha <laughs> Sri Sri Cha Cha Sri Cha Cha. I love. I want some Sri Cha Cha ketchup. Um, but I was, you know, I've been, I've been in. I was wandering all kinds of different aisles looking for these things, finding different ingredients, and and frankly, you know, I've never had talking a, to people going to fish shows, <laughs> fish shows, just asking, speaking, speaking. <laughs> Really loudly and slowly the, to them to explain what I'm looking for in the yeah, aisle. People's favorite brand, you know, in that aisle, it's it's the string cheese incident. So, so I um, you're suddenly listening to the entire John Mayer catalog. Just my eyes have been opened to this whole world I never knew existed. Uh, I'm gonna get an English tattoo on my neck that says friendship. I um. I, I'm reverse fetishizing white vegan culture. I, uh, I thought about what I could use to replace it because everything else, you know, there's tons of umami in this, in this dish already. You know, I, like the oysters or not oysters, the sardines and the anchovies bring a lot of umami, but this has it in spades. I wasn't worried about making up for that. And if you made this entire recipe, just omitting 
the fishy element, I think it would still be pretty good sauce. Um, but I wanted to bring some kind of, uh, what, oceanic sea, mm. seafood flavor to the party. And there, I was really trying to find something that had that flavor to it that was vegan, and I couldn't, I couldn't come up with much. Um, other than oh, you're, you're 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 doing a filibuster here because you're yeah. not getting to what okay, you did. Okay, so I so I I made so here's what I did. See? I wanted to. I thought the sardines not only brought you know the flavor, but it had like protein in it too. It had some some sub, sus, substance. So I was trying to figure out a, a a vegan protein source that was not tofu or seitan. I opened a can of chickpeas, and I kind of crushed them up a little bit and fried them in the and fried them in olive oil. And then scoop them out and put them aside. Then I made everything else as as directed uh, in the in the recipe. Um, added back the the fried kind of crunchy uh, chickpeas toward the end of the cooking, and in place of uh, fresh herb at the end and and to get that sort of marine taste, I took a big bag of uh, seasoned roasted seaweed, and that happened to be in our kitchen. I think Chang had been cooking with it. And just sprinkled a ton of seaweed in there uh, and tossed it through. Fusion. <laughs> Made some confusion pasta. And uh, like I said, the chickpeas just toward the end so they maintained like a little bit of crunch. But they picked up tons of the flavor. I had no idea if any of this was going to work. I uh, And then I ate it and it was pretty delicious. Like the seaweed. What kind of pasta did you use? I used <laughs> – I made this very specific decision to use bucatini because I thought – Boy, these vegans have so little joy. <laughs> they could, I might as well use like the more playful pasta shape to give them something to live for. <laughs> that was literally the logic I went through in my head was I think bring some joy Chris. to the vegan You're table. Really so basically, so you just made alio e olio with chickpeas and seaweed. No, 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 but there's there's and tomatoes. There's a uh, tomatoes and oh, you know what? I totally forgot I was going to do. Now it's occurring to me. I was going to add a little bit of miso to this but i don't think it made any difference i actually think if we if i if i had your chickpea miso i would have i would have done that um but no there's 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 the tomatoes and everything else except for the the anchovy and the sardine fits and it was actually really delicious like i said it's super umami it's nice and spicy um i got to have the satisfaction of actually eating pasta and you know the chickpeas actually added some nice body to to the sauce and um the seaweed really worked nicely for me. I thought it actually made it taste. It actually had like a little bit of that seafood, sea brininess, whatever you want to describe it as. Uh, Rachel, um, if this is a court case proceeding, I would tell the judge right now, if you go to the Basta Pasta website, Chris Yang literally just took the pasta from Basta Pasta. What's the Basta Pasta recipe? Bucatini with chickpeas and nori. Is that right? Yeah. Is that right. really on the yeah. pasta pasta yeah. website? Yeah. How do you know that? Did you I'm write joking. the recipe? I'm just trying to make you feel like, bad. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, that's feel, feel horrible. <laughs> my heart's sick. Uh, but that was my that was my vegan version. I actually served it to our our uh, the rest of the staff for lunch, and with the exception of Gabby, <laughs> everybody was into it. But. Gabby, Gabby wasn't there or she was not No, into she it. was there. She ate it. She just wasn't into it because mm. of the the seaweed taste. But Gabby also Sounds thinks that the storing drinks in a produce fridge makes them taste weird. Uh anyway, so that was that was the three ways we approached uh Bill Puris's spaghetti with sardines. Um now we're gonna do the all important point scoring here. 
I believe that all three of us abided by our given restriction, correct? So we'll all receive the base yeah. 10 points. Uh, I have to do a little housekeeping here. You know has told me that there, there is an uproar across social media that Chang did not award his full 10 available points in the last ground beef episode. Oh, here's you know nodding at me. So the Recipe Club production team has made the unilateral decision to award the three leftover points you didn't give out to Rachel. So Rachel, <laughs> your last score is boosted by three points. Uh, I Thank think it goes so from like 13 to 16 or something. Or no, whatever. You, you now still have a very low amount of points. Um, but you have to give out all 10. Chang? I, I honestly feel like I know what Donald Trump feels like. <laughs> And now I want to do this. I want, I want to, I want to, in the spirit of keeping the competition going, but also the spirit of Recipe Club, Rachel, talk about things that you liked, things that you are going to be awarding points for, uh, and any questions you might have for Dave's or my, my approaches to our recipes. Um, well... Now I know uh, how I mean, Donald Trump feels. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> how does he feel? Alone. <laughs> Alone. Wow. <laughs> Who does that orange. make me and Chris? Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you gonna what will you be handing your points out for, Rachel? What did you like to what did you well, hear that you liked? What questions might you have? I mean, I think that this was truly a valiant effort on both of your parts. Like I think that uh it's really hard to make a keto pasta and really hard to make a vegan pasta. Um I think that the enoki mushrooms I thought were very clever as a noodle replacement. Um I like the chickpea seaweed. Um additions i mean it makes a lot of sense in terms of bringing umami and and um yeah fishiness i i just think i think you guys did a great job that's all i mean <laughs> i what don't have any mean? i don't have any shit to talk i just think Chang. it's, it's a hard, hard <laughs> i just want to be friends Chang, yeah. what, will you, what will you what will you be awarding your points for well i like that rachel tried to stick it to the man by making the most expensive <laughs> pantry recipe of all time i was trying to calculate i bet you spent 70 80 bucks on this no i wish it's 45 it's still pretty good for for a pantry pasta for yeah. pasta a la bucks. that might be the record for most expensive pantry item i think it's pasta a la verbo sorry keep going pasta a la eggers pasta a la eggers um and you know as much as i want to you know throw shit at Rachel. I can't. <laughs> she did the recipe. If I gave John DeBerry all those points for just doing the recipe, <laughs> yes. but also, you know, I got to, you know, respect, to. respect Rachel's as much as I don't want to. She did it. She did it. <laughs> okay. So anything short of that, you know, would look really bad. And I'm all about fairness. And, all about uh, optics. <laughs> yes. At least <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, isn't that all that matters is the end result. <laughs> How you got there, who cares? <laughs> um, as far as Ying, you know, I wanted to rip you up as well. And I, because I, every time I have criticism about what I would do differently, I tried to think, what would I have done? And my initial thought was, how do I rip them up over chickpeas? Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Uh, I, I couldn't really think of anything. I 
don't think I would have used Nori though. Hmm. Um, I probably this this is where because I, I I think that makes it too. This is clearly European, Italian, almost yes. Pro- Provence, right? Which is why like using zucchini, it almost felt like I'm eating in Nice or something like that. I think I'm not saying that yours wasn't and couldn't be delicious, but this is legitimately as an idea <clears throat> what I would have done differently to make it not so fusiony because fusion, you know, got to keep things separate in this country. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! Good, good in God. the world. Now I know how Donald Trump <laughs> thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about food, guys. Don't be like that. I would have boiled the noodles and the noodles alone in. Kombu, kombu, right? Interesting. To to get that that flavor, that flavor, um, and then then you could have made it with the chickpeas, and it would still just be one thing. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think that's an interesting thought. Um, in my slight defense, this is not an Italian pasta. The recipe is from Brooklyn, where they're definitely yeah. putting seaweed in their pasta. So by the uh, by the actual provenance of this in 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 Brooklyn, I feel like I abided by it. So okay, with a total of 19 points in third place is Rachel, with a total of 20 points. Second place, me. And first place, 21 points, Mr. Chang. Wow. I, Dave gave five and five. I gave six and four. Whoa. Because. Well, Rachel. Because. Let's try to keep Rachel, because I think you both made. Smart and and correct decisions in what you did. I think Dave's task was just a little taller than the. You sure you don't want to go back in time? This is doubly punishing me for things that were out of my control. (laughs) Rachel, I just want you to know I gave you five points because I, you know, I will remember this forever, Dave. I gave you five points. Somebody, you're so called one of your closest besties. Just yeah, I know. You know, I know. I know. Stabbed you in the back. I think Dave Chang might be my closest bestie now. No! no I don't no. know if I want that. No, no, no! It's too intimate. It's too intimate. Wow, you really, I can't believe you went there. I just thought, I thought, you know what honestly put me over for six and five? The thing that really changed it, and this is probably, this is bad of me to say, but when Rachel said, I really thought it was smart that you used enoki mushrooms. I thought, oh, that is pretty smart. I should give him an extra point for that. <laughs> and then you just said, wow, Rachel did the thing. And I thought, oh, Dave's right. She did just kind of do the thing. So let me give him six and I'll give her four. Now I know. It's not how... my fault. It's not my fault I got pantry. But now I know how it feels. Now you know exactly how the rest of the world feels about their lot in life. Well, now I know how it feels to hurt Rachel Kong and I'll never let that happen. You again. did that last time too. I did? Yeah. He gave her less points. Well, that was all hidden by the fact that you didn't give her any points. <laughs> so all of that was buried. Rachel, next time, guaranteed nine from me. Um, speaking of next time, Rachel, your next ingredient is the one you were, I think, most excited about getting. Crab. Woo! And you've got quite a few We're recipes. doing crab? You've got quite a few recipes <laughs> to choose from here. Everybody wants Lux. Lux, oh Lux, Lux. If, if, yeah, Lux, Lux, Lux. They should be Lux, the exception Lux, Lux. where we can all get Lux. If there is can we a just God, make that the rule? If there is a God, Dave Chang will get 
vegan on this. Lux, uh, lux, lux. <laughs> uh, Rachel, so you've got you've got quite a few recipes to choose from, including yeah. we'll talk about these in further depth on the actual episode. But crab pizza bites, Irene's crab dip, Philadelphia devil crab, Dungeness crab bisque, crab tiki, and Autumn Dunn's husband's mom's crab kicks, crab cakes. Uh, which one are you going to choose before we spin the wheel? I, um, yeah, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with Autumn Dunn's husband's mom's crab cakes. What's what's so special about this recipe? A man has tattooed it on his body. (laughs) Really? And so I think that whatever recipe we do, we have to get it tattooed on our bodies. You know, that's what we should do for the loser recipe club. They got to get a tattoo. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get these guys to update like the standings winner. here, and then I'm going to do the standings. But first, before we get to the, the season standings, um, let's take a spin on the wheel. So this is for next time we have Rachel on the show, we'll, we'll all be making Autumn Dunn's husband's mom's husband. – that's Autumn Dunn's mother-in-law's crab cakes. Uh, but we're going to be doing it with special restrictions – as determined by this wheel. This is your spin, Rachel. Are you ready? Oh, my God. Round and round the wheel goes. It's gone around a few times. Hey! hey! <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Look at that. He's crying. You, got cry. you got it. You got your dream. <laughs> but, hey, Rachel, you spent, uh, unfortunately, you went over budget on this one. So we're going to have to take some no, of your, your next up. budget. All right, DC, spin for yourself. <laughs> oh! Can you do it? What is that? Yeah. What's that? Pantry only. Crab. Pantry only for Dave. I got Karen Crab. Pantry only for Dave, and this is going to be me, and I am definitely going to land on vegan. There's nothing good left. Oh. Oh, stop. That's good. Keto. Great. Okay. We got a keto crab cake, a pantry only <laughs> crab cake. And a Lux crab cake. Just so you know, though, Rachel, Lux is a. Dave and I have it's found out recently that Lux is a burden and a curse because you have to put in way, way, way more effort into into but making crab this. Crab is expensive. I know, but we all got to buy it, and you got to do something. You got to make it seem fancier. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've got the updated standings here. I believe. Do I? Are these updated? Doesn't matter. They're not looking at me anymore. Uh, the standings uh, in the season right now are in in sixth place, but climbing after her showing of 19 today, Rachel Kong. <laughs> <laughs> These are based on average scores. Fifth place, Priya Krishna. Fourth place, Brian Ford. Third place, yours truly. Second place, JDB. It's a tight race at the top, but Dave is still in the lead. Uh, with, I think, an average of 21.75 points per episode. Well, how the hell did you get 21.75? I, I listen, all I know is nobody wants me to win. <clears throat> you know, I'm gonna nobody go wants me to win. And if I have to become the heel of this entire outfit, then so fucking be it, everybody. I'm going to bring you all fucking down. Do you think, do you think anybody hits, 30, hits a perfect 30 points this season? You think anybody gets 10 and 10 from both people? How how do you get thirty? You get a perfect twenty. If you got ten, and then I gave you oh, all of my oh, ten oh, points, oh, and Rachel oh, gave no. you all of her ten points. You know what? I'm so embarrassed. I didn't even think about that. I'm going for the perfect thirty. 
the whole. This is what they talk about. When they say the whole thirty. You know, you're gonna, aspirational. Yeah, you're going to be on the opposite end of that thirty. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> be the first person to put up a goose egg on Recipe Club. Yeah, two weeks, a three, and then a zero. That's how you're going to get thirty. Well, if you all want to see that happen, you're going to have to keep listening to Recipe Club. So subscribe, rate the podcast. You guys are turning me into a villain. It's all your fault, not Listen, mine. Nobody has turned you into a villain. <laughs> you are literally number one right now. <laughs> you're, you are you're the Lex crowning. Luthor. Yeah, you're the champion. Yeah, man. Got to win by more, to... more. Rate rate the podcast for us. Subscribe. Play along on the Discord. We are going to uh, do much more with the submissions people have been sending in. I, I am truly uh, humbled and, and happy that people are spinning their own wheel and making their own crazy concoctions and videos for all of these episodes will be coming out soon. We've been shooting those and putting those together and you'll see those on this people feed. questioning if we're even making this show. <sighs> that is wow. real fake news. Shit. Extremely upsetting. To yeah. me. Doubting Thomas is out there. Can we actually much. just, can we actually just do recipe club with deep fakes? That seems <laughs> fine to That's me. going to happen soon. Can we just, yeah. Oh, by the way, I, before we, we don't go, have to make anything. What's in this crab cake? Do you want to find out real I quick? I just want to find out quickly so yeah. I can start plotting out how I'm going to win. Okay. So in Autumn Dunn's mom's dad's brother's sister's uncle's dog's uh, crab cakes, you've got <laughs> one pound of lump blue crab meat, mm-hmm. two pieces of Wonder Bread, one egg, one and a half tablespoons of Old Bay mayo, Mustard, Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce, and butter. And this is, we'll show this uh, later, but this is the recipe tattooed on this person's This <laughs> It's very intense. Um, I'm feeling good about pantry. I can do this. I can do this. I think you can do this because you can There's, just buy but The problem is mayo is the problem. Yep, figure that out. Mm. Um, okay. Stay, stick around or do whatever it is you do at home and wait patiently for this episode. It'll be go go buy a rotisserie chicken. Rent a eat hotel it room. Nude. Eat it yeah. nude and use your belly as a plate. And, and a napkin. Remember, all that chicken grease you want to save it, not for gravy, but to make your skin beautiful. And remember, if you have nowhere to pee, you can pee on your own car. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Rach. Bye. Uh, thank you, Rachel. Yeah, see you guys.